So this morning, really quick, um, I love, I've shared with you guys several times that it's my heart um, that I've grown up in the church, in this church, and just the church at large. I love the church. And I feel like over the last several generations, there's been this idea that we camp around a sermon, right? That, that's why we come to church. Yeah, worship, that's good, that's fine, well, all these other things, but we really want the sermon. That's what we want. And I love when I heard a pastor say that in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they had the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, and wherever the presence of God moved, they moved. And then they pitched their tents around the presence of God, and so they camped around the presence of God. And I said, I like that model much better. I don't want to camp around a sermon. I want to camp around the presence of God. And so I love that. And so this morning, we might not get a typical 45-minute sermon message because we don't have that much time anyways. Um, and then on top of that, I've actually asked um, David Dawson, one of our missionaries, is in town to come and share. And so just a second, I'll have him do that. Um, but I, I felt like this morning, too, there's no official sermon from me, and I didn't give him enough time because I'm stealing his time right now to maybe give this official sermon, but he's going to share something as well. And so I just know that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't live by sermons. I love good sermons, man. I love taking notes, and I'm not against that. I'm, I still will preach 45-minute messages here. I'm not doing away with that. But I just, my heart as a pastor is I want the, bre the breathed word of God. What is he saying in the moment? And I love that God, that rhema word, it's fresh. It's not stale. We just took bread, right? We want the fresh manna. We don't want yesterday's manna. We want what God has for today. And so in praying over all those things, I'm stealing time right now, but I felt like this is part, partly what God was directing me to do, is just a couple of days ago, I had a dream that I believe was prophetic. And as I woke up in the morning, um, I had been praying for someone specific. And so I I associated the dream to that person I was praying for, and I was like, yeah, it fits perfectly. I already shared the dream with that person. Great. That was good. And I kept sitting on the dream. And so I kept asking God, okay, is there more to this dream? Like, I thought I figured out what you were trying to say, interpreted, and I, I delivered it. We're done, right? And God's like, well, what about you? I was like, well, what do you mean about me? Like, well, do you have anything you're supposed to get out of the dream? Oh, okay. I thought it was for them. Oh, it's for me. Oh, okay. It's for me too. Like it was for them. It's that answer. Yes. Your pastor's favorite answer. Is it for them or is it for me? Yes. Right. It's for both. And then I was thinking, oh, wait, it could be for more people. It could be for the whole church too. Oh, okay. So I'm going to share with you, hopefully quickly here, um, not getting into all the weeds of the dream, but in this dream I had a few days ago that I believe is for someone else in the room, not just me up here. So hopefully it resonates with someone here um, and that you're willing, all of us are willing to say, God, is that for me? Um, and so here's the dream. Um, I saw this older gentleman, uh, white hair, you know, towards the end of his life. And he actually had been famous early on in his life and uh, was well known. But in this dream, we were looking for him and he was hiding. He kept hiding and he didn't want to be found. And he wanted to be all by himself. And there was this selfishness, aloneness, and he wasn't enjoying life. And uh, so there was this old man, I won't go into all the details, but that's, that's really this old man, this picture of the old man that didn't have much to live for and wanted to be isolated and was lonely and was not enjoying life. Then I saw um, a little kid, and this little kid was playing with fire, and the dad of me is like, oh, don't do that, right? But in the dream, this little kid was playing with fire, having fun, and what he was doing with the fire, he was chasing devils. He was having fun where these, a snake and a tiger and things that were kind of like Jungle Book, right? The snake and the tiger tries to get Mowgli. This idea, these, these enemies were trying to get this kid, and yet he was having fun and laughing, playing with fire, and he was chasing these enemies all around, and they were running for dear life. They were freaked out. The enemy was freaked out from this child playing with fire. And um, so very different. And then finally, there was a person um, that was this young man. 
Um, and he was still young, uh, was sharing his dreams, uh, had vision and, and hopes and things. Um, but in the dream, he was very sorrowful and broken over sins he had committed. And, and that was good to be broken, but he stayed in this broken place. And because of that, his identity was all confused in this dream. He was this young man, had vision and dreams, had committed sin, was broken over the dreams. But then because of that, he wasn't sure what his future held. And he was kind of stuck in not knowing which direction he was going to go. And I felt like for me, as I was interpreting the dream for myself, I can maybe be that young person. Am I going to end up being an old person like King Hezekiah or other people that did great things for God in the end of their life? They kind of fell away and they, they didn't finish well. Whereas Paul says, man, I'm going to finish well, right? I'm going to run the race to the very end. And so I don't want to be an old person. As I'm getting older, gray hair is starting to show up more and more. I don't want to be someone that gets complacent, someone that becomes jaded. I've done the church thing. I've been a pastor for now nine years. Like I, I know how to make things happen. And I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to become someone who becomes jaded and and. As I heard Jen say, sometimes in, uh, well, whatever, in leadership, sometimes it's lonely at the top. Sometimes I'm like, well, I, I'm, that's just my cross to bear. I'm, I'm at the top, and I, not everyone knows everything I know, and i got to carry all these things. I don't ever want to become that old person that just becomes cranky and not joyful and not enjoying life. And I, and I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to just be stuck. We sing songs, right, that he makes this sinner holy. It's healthy to have a perspective that I'm broken, a broken and contrite heart God will not ignore. That's a good thing. But I don't want to stay in my identity as I'm just this broken and unusable person because I had these great dreams and I don't know if I can fulfill those now because of things I've done wrong. I want to become childlike. Jesus says, unless you become like this child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And there's something about me that I feel like God is saying this morning to me and hopefully someone else in this room, become childlike. Don't become jaded. Yes, some things have happened in your life. Yes, you've committed some sins in your life. Don't allow those to jade you and become cold and unexcited about life. That little kid was just excited about life. I, I think about kids, I don't know that I'll get the statistic wrong. Someone can, probably knows it. But like a young child, I think laughs like a hundred times a day. And they say an adult can go a whole day without laughing once. And there's something about a child that just enjoys life. They want to have fun. They have these dreams of being superheroes. And in fact, in my dream, that old man actually was a superhero. He had been a superhero, and that's why people were looking for him. Because like, oh, let's go find that great superhero. And he's like, I'm so done with that. And I don't want to be known. And I don't want to become jaded like that. I want to just live forever becoming more and more childlike. Not childish, right? Childish is foolishness, is bound up, like, right, foolishness is bound up in the child, and it's our job as parents to, to get that out of them. So it's not becoming childish. It's, it's becoming, it's interesting. I, wisdom comes with experience, right? So there's this idea that's true, but wisdom also just comes from God. I don't have to learn by going through things the hard way. That is how the world learns things. You go through something the hard way, you learn from your mistakes, I understand that general truth, but I don't want to learn from my mistakes. I want to gain wisdom from him without having to experience everything. And I was thinking about history repeats itself. There's, that's a general truth, right? We all agree with that's a general truth. History repeats itself. But I was thinking about this. His story repeats himself. History repeats itself. 
his story repeats himself. And I, I just was thinking, this all came to me as processing this dream. I want to repeat my father. That's what little kids want to do. They want to be like their dad when they grow up. They don't repeat their same mistakes. They see what their dad does. I want to do that too. And they think they can. These little kids, they think they, they're superheroes. They, that's what they pretend to play all the time, is they want to be superheroes and do these great and mighty things. And I feel like the Lord is just saying that this morning. Some of us need to hear that word. The Lord wants you to dream again. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy life. Don't get old, gray-headed, and thinking you're just getting wise. Become more and more youthful. Become like a child, like Jesus said. Really quick, there's some Proverbs I, want, I wanted to hit too. This idea of Proverbs 26, 11, it's a gross proverb. It says this, as a dog returns to eat its own vomit, so fools recycle silliness. That's kind of what I picture that old man. He was in this cycle. I was thinking about how in the Old Testament, you read from Moses till Jesus shows up on the scene. That's what the people did. You read the book of Judges. It was this cycle of Israel. What would they do? They would start worshiping God. God would bless them. Everything would go right in their life. And everything goes right in their life. They would stop worshiping God and start enjoying all the benefits. And then they would disobey God. And then God would allow an enemy to come in and wreak havoc. And they would get exiled or be punished. And they would cry out to God, God, save us. God, help us. God would listen to their cries. He would save them. They would enjoy prosperity again. And then they would forget God again, right? Same cycle all over and over again. That's a dog returning to its vomit. Don't be childish. Don't be repeating silliness, right? Don't do that. But I love when Jesus shows on the scene. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, he makes all things new. So I don't have to be stuck in a cycle where I already, in my experience, says, oh, this is what's going to happen. I've been here before. I know this is how it's going to turn out. No, I'm under a new covenant. Carrie was talking about I'm under the blood of the lamb which is a better word, which is a better covenant. And he makes all things new. His story repeats him. He makes all things new. He doesn't just repeat the same thing over and over again. He makes all things new. He wants to pour new wine into new wineskin. Sometimes I become an old wineskin where I'm dried and cracked. How do I become new? Did he just throw me away? No, I love the tradition. If you read how they do that, they would soak an old wineskin in oil. And as they soaked and massaged that old wineskin, dried up, leather into the oil and massage it in, it became, a, became like new and you could put new wine back into that old, it used to be old, but now it's a new wineskin. And I'm saying, God, don't ever let me get old and shriveled up. Not just that I get I'm getting older. I'm going to get more gray hair. I'm going to get more wrinkles. I'm not worried about that. I don't want that spiritually. I don't want to grow old spiritually where I just, I become wrinkled and dry and cynical and jaded. I don't want any of that. I want to become more and more like a little child. I want to grow from glory to glory, right? And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is upside down. How do you become the first? You become the last. How do you become the greatest? You become the least. How do you become the most mature and the most wise? Actually become more and more childlike. Because you'll hear him. You won't have experience telling you things. You actually have God, your father, repeating himself. Last thing I wanted to share. Proverbs 123, and I love this one. Proverbs 1, 2, 3, so it's easy to remember, 1, 2, 3. Proverbs 1, 23, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Turn 
when I confront you. So I feel like the Lord's confronting me this morning. Hopefully it's not just me. I'm preaching to me this morning. The Lord gave me a dream prophetically to confront. And he's saying, turn. When I confront you with something, actually receive it and apply it to your life so that you change something in your life. Cause it to change the way you think, the way you're acting, the way you're speaking, the way you're dreaming. Change something because I'm, I'm confronting you with the truth. So now change or turn. And as a result, I will pour out my spirit on you. I'll massage you and make you a, a vessel, a new wineskin that I can pour out my spirit on you and I'll make my words known to you. I, I was gone last Sunday. I wasn't here. And Pastor Jake, thanks for preaching. I got to share with a whole bunch of ninth graders at a retreat. And one of the things I just really hit on is these kids at a Christian school, they have so much information. At ninth grade, they've been in Bible class. They've memorized Bible verses. I'm like, I'm sick of you hearing more information and it's not doing anything to you spiritually. I love that word, yada, that's my favorite word in Hebrew, that experiential knowledge. God says, as you change all that information that I've learned, I'll actually make it known to you. I'll make it experiential knowledge. Instead of head knowledge that puffs up, I want you to encounter and experience my words that bring life. The word of truth, you shall know, experientially knowledge the truth, and you'll be set free. It's not just quoting some scripture. And as long as I just quote the scripture, I'm living free from the attack of the enemy. Actually, no, it's when I actually encounter and experience and know that scripture as truth for myself. Ah, oh, I've lived it. And now anytime the enemy attacks me in that same area, it's already experiential knowledge. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not going to be tempted because I've already gone through that and I've experienced the word of God, that truth that has experientially set me free. Ah, oh, I have joy in my life. I can laugh in the presence of my enemies. I can be like a kid running around playing with fire and the enemy is scared out of his mind because I have this experiential knowledge that he doesn't have. But I love this. So it's Psalm, Proverbs 123 says, Turn, change at my confronting you and I'll pour my spirit and I'll make my words known to you. Then Proverbs 132 says this, For the turning away of the simple will slay them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. So this is the opposite. Someone who was following God and they turned away from following God and it says it will destroy them. And complacency, right? Uh, of fools will destroy them. I like the message. It says it just kind of more blunt. Carelessness kills. Complacency is murder. Complacency is murder. When I become complacent, yeah, I've experienced that before. Yeah, I know, I know that scripture. Yeah, I know God, I know this worship song. Yeah, I know that. I become complacent. I'm aborting the plans and purposes of God for my life. It's murder. I am responsible. God has predetermined plans for my life. He has all these good things for me. But when I grow complacent, I'm murdering the things that God has for my life. All right, I don't want to keep preaching because i got to give some time to, to David, but I just, I want to share that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That was a fresh dream that God just gave me, and I feel like it was for me personally, but he gave the pastor of this church. And so I submit that dream to you. Is it a fresh rhema word for you? Is there something in your life that you are either you've turned away from God and you're complacent? It's going to lead to destruction. Or is there an area of your life where you're going in this direction and you need to turn away from that towards God and he'll pour out his spirit on you?
He'll make you to know his words of life. All right, instead of just transitioning, I'm going to do it. Um, if, you, if that somehow is resonating with you beyond just me, it could be everyone in this room. It could be one other person. Oh, I pray at least it's one other person besides me. If that resonates with you in lots of different levels, because I said several different things, but for me, I'll, I'll focus in on I want to become childlike. I don't want to become that old man that becomes jaded. I want him to renew a right spirit within me. I want that joy of my salvation. I just, I want to, I want to enjoy life. I don't want to be under a burden of all the heaviness. I want there to be an actual enjoyment of life. Jesus says, I came to give you life that you might have it more abundantly. And maybe that's you. You're like that young person. You're at a crossroads where God is confronting you. Don't become that old man. No, choose life. Choose youthfulness. Choose to humble yourself and become like a child. So if that's you, would you, just as I say this prayer, would you just join me in putting your hands in front of you? And just being like a child. God, we just sang a whole bunch of songs about how we're unworthy and how you are holy. And God, I confess again with my mouth and with my whole heart. God, forgive me where I've been complacent. Forgive me where there's been apathy where I just go through the motions, God, where I do religious things and I think I'm okay. Holy Spirit, would you confront me? Rebuke me. Your word says that you discipline those whom you love. So I submit, God. I submit to your love. Forgive me for judging others. Forgive me of being cynical. Forgive me where I've grown cold and hard-hearted. God, I need your word to pierce my heart. I need a word of truth to transform me. God, I want today to be a day where there is change, where I turn. That word turn is huge, God. May I turn in the way that I think about myself and the way that I think of others, the way I think about you, God. God, I need, I don't deserve it, but I'm asking, would you pour out your spirit on me just in this simple act of obedience of holding my hands in front of me? Would you meet me here in this moment? And would you pour out your spirit, soften my heart so that I can receive new wine? that your words can actually be something I live by, that I don't just read scripture and it's not just stale and it's not hard to hear your voice. Would you open my ears to be like a little child where I know my father's voice? God, would you put a heart in me like a child where I just, I live for the approval of my father again? I don't actually care what other kids around me think. As long as my dad is proud of me, that's all I care. God, I, I just want to be like you. I don't want to be like anybody else. I just want to be like my papa. So would you restore that right desire within me, God? 
Renew a right spirit, God, and a right desire. Restore unto me the joy, God, the joy that only comes from you. God, as we did it this morning, we, we put on a garment of praise. And I chose to rejoice. I chose to be glad. But God, I need this to be that day. That day where you show up and you rejoice over me and I hear it. And I encounter and I come to my senses to receive the love and the approval of God that I can't get anywhere else. So God, I, I commit to be childlike in my humility to receive correction. In my passion for life to run after and chase after things, to dream again. To be quick to forgive myself. God, when I was a kid, I was getting corrected every day, multiple times a day, and it didn't ruin my identity. It was just, yeah, it's just part of being a kid. I make mistakes, and I learn, and I grow, and I get up again. God, would you free me from the accusation and the condemnation of the enemy? May I live with a freedom and a joy and a skip in my step. That the, the enemy would truly be afraid of the joy of my salvation. Not in all my authority, not in all my wisdom, but in just my childlike joy and affection for my father. That the enemy is afraid of that passion. He's afraid of that fire of God that lives inside of me. That I'm just so on fire, I'm so in love with God. That I don't have to have all the right answers. I don't have to know how to quote all the right scriptures. I don't have to speak in tongues. I don't have to know all the right prophetic things. I'm just on fire in love with my dad. And the enemy goes running. So God, I declare that over my own life. I declare that over everyone praying this right now. For this day forward, the enemy is going to run away from the fire and passion that burns within our hearts that we will not be afraid. That God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So we receive that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you for letting me preach a, a quick little thing. Um, can I, I'll just introduce, I mean, David was here just a couple years ago when we were in the tent during COVID, and he got to share, and they just moved to Portugal, so I want to steal all this thunder. I'll let him share some things, but um, they've been here for the summer, and he'll share some of that probably, whatever you want to share. Um, but I'll just share this. I love that David actually spent some years as a youth in this church, that he is part of the family here, um, that we've supported him for a long time. I don't even know how many years, a long time. Uh, that It's just been a joy to, to have him come on Wednesday nights, on Sunday mornings, and I, I know that the same spirit that lives in me lives in him. And I just, I love that he has a pastor's heart, that he receives the prophetic, he gives the prophetic. And so um, I just know that even as he shares some things that are going on in his life, that we can both receive from him and actually as a family, we can actually give and bless them this morning. Amen. So would you, um, I know, Katie, I don't know if you're coming up here, but would you come up as I just pray over David too? Could we just pray over both of you guys? Um, and so David and Katie Dawson, come on up and we're gonna pray over them.
And would you just stretch? I know I just pray. I pray for a really long time. I'll try to do my best not to pray for too long. But would you stretch out a hand as we just pray a blessing over this family? God, I thank you for the Dawsons. God, I thank you that they have a love that is real for you. And it's a real for people, God. They are missionaries we want to support because they want the gospel to go forward, God. They have a heart for people. And so I just pray you would refresh them, God, as we just prayed that simple prayer for a childlike joy. God, I pray that you would refresh their ministry, God, that they would not grow weary in their well-doing, that as they return back to Portugal, God, they would have a skip in their step. They would have fresh vision, fresh joy, God, fresh delight in all that they are doing. God, I pray that they would know this church body is for them, God, that we are their biggest cheerleaders, God, that we're praying for them, that I know there's bigger churches, there's churches they're more connected with, God, but this is part of their family, God, that you have connected us, you've knit us together, God, and so I just pray that they would know that we are for them, God, they would feel that love and support and joy that we have over them. So bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for sharing. Take it over. Right. Am I on here? You guys can hear me? Cool. Um, well, I want to read a verse. Actually, it's, it's so cool because, uh, Pastor Ryan, what I want to share is really totally in line with what you're saying. It's just kind of a, continu- a continuing of that. Um, I just wanted to read from Joel uh, chapter 2. Um, a very famous passage, uh, starting in um, in verse 28. So Joel 2:28. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, the, The verse I kind of just wanted to focus on here is where it says, your old men will dream dreams. And it's interesting because Pastor Ryan was talking about this restoring of a childlike spirit and the trust in our fathers. And that's kind of what I would just, a simple word I just wanted to share with you guys this morning as I prayed uh, for this time with you. Um, I've been spending the summer at my parents' house in Oxnard, and uh, my kids are are with the grandparents right now. And uh, that's nice for me and Katie to have a little, you know, less stress. be with you guys and not have to worry about what our kids are doing. And, but uh, it's been interesting spending time with my dad because um, my, uh, my kids and their cousins have this kind of attitude towards my dad that when grandpa wants to take the kids out to do something, you know that you never know what is going to happen. I mean, grandpa's in charge and it's not a democracy. Like my dad is great with the kids he would much rather take all the kids, throw them in the truck, go somewhere, go to the zoo, go to the beach, than maybe go to a, you know some indoors thing with all the ladies and all the cousins and aunts and uncles present. Where, you know, he'd much rather be off with the kids, just you know, doing something in nature. But uh, my kids always say when I ask them, "Hey, how did it go today with Grandpa?" They'll be like, "Well, you know, we ended up doing the thing that he said we were going to do, but we also did all this other stuff." But it was okay. Grandpa's grandpa, right? You know, he's he's in charge, and and uh, 
I don't know if it's a thing that comes with older age. You know, I think my dad is 70 now, 71 or something. But his mind just kind of meanders. It's like, it's not like, okay, we're going to go to Costco, point A to point B. It's like, you're probably going to visit an aunt on the way and go get a donut. And my parents don't even eat regular meals anymore. They just like eat like five or different times during the day. And if you're with them, you don't know if you're going to have lunch, you know, at noon or you're just kind of, you might have a snack at 10 and then eat something at two in the afternoon and something else at midnight or, and so anyway, but what, the reason why I share this is just one of the things that I've really felt God has speaking to me a lot lately is that he wants to restore this childlike faith in our father and just be able to say, you know what, I'm going to go with my father right now. I'm going to go out and I don't know really what's going to happen. I know that, that my father is good and that where he takes us, it's going to be awesome. And, and I think one of the things that God's really ministered to me, and I just want to share this to you this morning. And honestly, this is actually, I actually had something different I was going to share up until just when Pastor Ryan was sharing. And that's really where I felt that uh, God wanted me to share this with you. Because God's really ministered to me um, as a son of someone who has a prophetic gift. My dad has a prophetic gift. And God has really worked a lot in my life, kind of a restoration in, in my relationship with my dad. Because me and my brothers, we talk about my dad as kind of like this dreamer, you know. He's always got all this vision, all these ideas. My dad is most often thinking about the future, possibilities, not so much the practical details of now. That's like more my mom's sphere. You know, hey, we ran out of toilet paper. We don't have any money. You know, someone's sick. We need to take him to the doctor. That's my mom, right? And my dad is all the possibilities of the future, vision and stuff. And over the years, sometimes me and my brothers have gotten, have developed this attitude towards my dad. They're like, you know, yeah, there goes dad again, the dream weaver, you know, talking about all these ideas and possibilities. And I think sometimes my heart over the years closed towards that. And it's like, oh, yeah, dad, whatever. We'll see. Yeah, maybe that'll happen. But I'll tell you something. God has really just challenged me um, in this childlike spirit. And, and it's not, I'm using my relationship with my dad as an illustration, but it's really about our relationship with Father God. And, and prophecy, God has established his church on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And here at Osborne Neighborhood Church, for the Dawson family in Portugal, wherever we are, we need the prophetic voice. You know, the, that's why the, there's a specific exhortation in 1 Corinthians that we don't despise prophecy. Like this specific word, like don't despise the dreamers among you, you know, who have that gift of talking about the future possibilities. And I think the thing that's happened, it's happened in my life, and maybe someone here too needs to hear this, is that we get frustrated because it doesn't happen exactly as the prophecies that we receive, right? I mean, we see prophecies. For one thing, sometimes we receive a prophecy and we think that that means, hey, that's just going to fall in my lap now. I just got to wait. And actually what happens more often is there begins a whole spiritual battle for you to go into the land and face the giants. Yeah. And, and, and there's, you know, you can, the church has for 2,000 years, you know, debated over this whole thing of God's sovereignty. And I don't pretend to totally understand it. But I'll tell you one thing. God has given me words, but there has been a battle to walk into those. Yeah. It's not just like God said it, now I'm just going to relax. And so I just want to encourage you guys, this summer for us, um, has been a summer where we've kind of had to 
redo our plans several times. And thought, things that we thought we were going to do ended up falling through. And it was, it, it was frustrating. But in the end, I've seen that what God, what God has is so much better than anything I could have imagined. Or even my interpretation of the prophecies, my expectations. And going back to my relationship with my dad, um, I have started to realize that maybe 20% of what my dad says will happen. But you know what? I want the 20%. Even if it's just that, if the, if the alternative is for me to, to turn my back on the prophetic, I'm just using my relationship with my dad as an example. Hopefully, all of you have, the, have access to the prophetic word of God somehow. You know, we need the five-fold ministries in the churches. We need to have the prophetic voice. Maybe you have an aunt or you have some, you know, friend here at church or, or whoever it is, but you have access to someone you realize, this is someone who speaks in my life. I just want to encourage you guys, don't ever reject that. We so need it. Um, I don't consider myself a prophet or a seer, someone who kind of sees things that are coming down the road. Maybe I'm more of an apostolic kind of practical doing things. But sometimes, and recently, God has just challenged me, David, don't become jaded. Keep that childlike spirit. And, and even if those dreamers in your life and people who have all kinds of ideas of what might happen in your life and hopes and expectations, even if what they say, just a small part of it happens, we need to be connected to those people who, who see and who, and who actually have the desire for us. I mean, some people, some of you, have never had a dad who, hit, my problem with my dad is he has so much hope for my life and so much dreams that sometimes it drives me crazy, right? Some of you, your dads could never care less. Or maybe they spoke curses over your life, you know? And so I, I thank God that the Lord, in 2 Corinthians, it says that we have been comforted in whatever pain in our life. Maybe it was a terrible relationship with your dad, but that's the pain. But the Lord says that we are comforted so that we can be comforters to others. So even if you had the worst dad in the history of earth, you can have a, a ministry of being so overflowing in your heart to have the best spiritual father ever and minister to people through that. So that's just the word I felt that it, it is not wrong. I just wanted to, you know, just encourage you with this. It's not wrong to step out in faith and in hope. Even if what ends up happening, which in the life of, of a local church, we move forward and what actually ends up happening is so often different. I mean, I've been involved in building projects. We're raising money for buildings. And, and I'll tell you, probably 80% of them didn't happen how we thought. But we don't, we don't, uh, uh, what's, we don't retreat. We don't stop moving forward when God is speaking to us. So um, in Portugal, I, I'm so excited to share. The last time I was here, I actually shared a, ver, a, a teaching on when Isaac was going to the different wells and he was trying to find a, a place of provision for God and how he had experienced these doors closing. And I remember sharing with you that we were going to Portugal and I didn't even really know if we had our visa. I don't know if anyone remembers that. But I, I didn't even really know if we, we, we had sold all our stuff. We had like five bags of belongings going to Portugal. And um, my kids were possibly going to have to repeat the school year. We, were, we weren't even sure if Portugal was going to recognize their American and Brazilian uh, curriculum and all that stuff, their transcripts. 
But I just want to say, you guys, that thanks to your prayers, thanks to your financial support, and so much encouragement over the last year and a half, God has done so many awesome things. You know, we got health insurance. We got our kids into school. Um, Portuguese in Portugal is very different than what we speak in Brazil. So that was a huge challenge. I really just wanted to honor my kids here and just say, guys, whoever prayed for my kids, I appreciate that because they had a challenge. I mean, going into online school because of the pandemic and then this accent that's so hard. It's almost like if a California person like went to Scotland and had to like go to school with this totally weird English that we don't understand. You know, it's very different. And, and so um, that was a big challenge, but God's totally opened doors for us over and over. Um, I want to share, too, just the specific, the special thing about what we do and, and what you enable us to do is to be in Southern Europe, where it's like less than 1% evangelical Protestant. It's predominantly Roman Catholic. Um, there's no kind of like, like Protestant Christian economy there of Bible colleges, radio stations, um, publishing, uh, record producing, or they don't even exist anymore, record producing. But there's just, there's no, in America, we have this whole economy of Christian industry, which is kind of like in America, if, if a door shuts one place, you might think, hey, I'll put together a resume, send it somewhere else. I mean, I, I went recently to the National Conference of Portuguese Pastors, and, and, and I'm not saying that this was the, the, all the pastors, but I was in Lisbon, which is the capital city, and there was only like 30 people there. So it, it's, it's just, you have to recalibrate your mindset. Um, most of what our ministry is in Portugal and most of the missionaries and pastors that we meet, their ministry is literally having an open home and just through relationship, reaching out to families, reaching out to, um, you know, most of, most of them are all Roman Catholic, and, and really, too, just encouraging them initially to have a relationship with Jesus and, and to say, hey, you know, let's open the Bible. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's, you know, let aside these labels of Protestant and Catholic, but let's just talk to them about Jesus. So we've had amazing opportunities there. God's opened a lot of doors for me to travel and teach in Europe in Youth of the Mission. And Katie has also been ministering with me, and she ministers to a lot of women. And um, so... Uh, you know, I really, I just want to encourage you guys. I guess the last thing I would say is um, kind of in, light, in line with what Pastor Ryan was saying. Some of you know that recently my grandmother passed away, and we had her memorial at church on the way. And uh, I, I was so impressed in the last several years of her life as my grandma, who was always someone who most people would think of as the, the person that was just very clear. If you, if you need a word of God, Come to the Lord, seek him, and he will, he will direct your path. You know, like James 1, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask, and, and the Lord will give him wisdom. And so um, I think many people would think of my grandma as someone who kind of had it all figured out. And going back to my analogy of the prophetic, you know, you would almost imagine Joy Dawson, well, maybe she had like 99%. The pro prophecies were just coming, you know, download, and she just walked in just everything perfectly. But I'll tell you, the thing for me, the biggest impact of my grandma's life on me was the last 30 years of her life when she was very sick. She was suffering with terrible pain in her back, believing that God would heal her, um, suffering. And, and never, never once I remember her saying a dishonoring word towards God or losing faith. 
And it wasn't like, I'm never going to curse God, but deep down, you know, deep down, I could see that she never lost hope in his character. And, and the last word that she gave me, she said, David, don't try to understand. And, and she wasn't saying that that applies to everything, but, but it was a word that I needed for a specific situation and she and that was that was not the typical word that I would get from her. You know, don't try to understand. And I was like, is this my grandma? You know. And but I just think uh, I was kind of concerned too, even when she passed away, because some people seem to have this idea of her that really was not who she was. To be honest, you know, in 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 her daily life, she was a patient person, very deferent to other people, very kind, not domineering or just this big heavy. Thing. She was just this wonderful person, and 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 she so lived and, mo- and, sh- and and it was an example to me of this hope in God, even when things don't turn out exactly as you thought, even when you don't totally understand. And towards the end of her life, the biggest thing that she would tell me is how God is glorious in His mystery. You know, He is mysterious and He's good. He's so good. We can trust him. We can just move forward and be like, I don't know where, you know, dad's going to take me today. It might be a little different. There might be some turns in the road, but I know he's good. And, uh, but he is a God of mystery in his glory. So I just want to thank you guys so much for my family. We are so blessed by this church and, uh, Pastor Ryan, Jen, and, and the extended leadership. And so, uh, I just would like to pray for the church and, and then Pastor Ryan, whatever you want to do after. But Lord, I, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this time to be here. And I pray, Lord, that we would never lose that childlike heart, as Pastor Ryan was saying, Lord. Oh, Lord, that's the word for today, God. That is the word. Lord, let it come down, God. Let it come down. Restore our hope and trust in you, Father, Daddy, that we would just... We would hear your voice and dream and dream and let the old men, as it said here in Joel, let them dream. Lord, we need, we need our spiritual fathers and mothers. We need them to keep dreaming dreams for us and hear them and never become jaded. I think that was the word that that Pastor Ryan used, that we would never become jaded, that that cynical, Lord, forgive us, God. We repent of that, Lord. We repent of it, Lord, and we say, Lord, supernaturally, no sermon, as as Pastor Ryan said, no sermon is going to do it. We need a supernatural transformation that you would break up the fallow ground, that you would would rebuke even the demonic that has operated sometimes that lying spirit against the hope that the Lord gives us, against the, the joy, against the laughter. We rebuke that, Lord, and we receive, God, your joy for today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you will do in our lives in Portugal and in Europe. Thank you for what you will do in Osborne Neighborhood Church. And we worship you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, David. Well, like I said, we're not religious, so we don't have to keep doing everything the same way. We normally close with the last worship song, but I'm going to change that up. I'm just going to say, we already prayed to close, but I'll share this one last thing because I know we're already over. In that dream, there was one other thing I didn't share. But I went with someone into a very dark place. It was like a pit. And all of a sudden, there was light, you could say, at the end of the tunnel. There was this light. And all of a sudden, 
we didn't do anything. All of a sudden, we were no longer in the pit. It was just, we were no longer there. And so I just want to encourage you, kind of as David's saying, sometimes we grow weary. Sometimes we keep, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's one of those things like, it's hard to keep having hope, but it's not wrong. As Joy Dawson, to the last breath, she kept living with hope. And it wasn't, it wasn't wrong. It was the right thing to do, to have hope against all odds. That's what it says about Abraham, right? Even when it made no sense to hope, he hoped. And so I just want to encourage you, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. God is changing us. God is conforming us in his image. He who started a good work, he's faithful to bring it to completion. Amen? Amen. I'll pray this prayer of you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.